Welcome to Data Beats. We also have a free newsletter, so do check it out on databeats.community. So joining us today is Siobhan Solberg, who's a privacy expert and consultant. And today, Siobhan and I are going to talk about a really important topic in privacy called data minimization. So here we go. Hey, Siobhan, thanks for joining. Thank you for having me. No, absolutely. I'm really excited to have you on the show. So, you know, you recently shared this idea that really stuck with me. So let's start with that. Privacy needs marketing and marketing needs privacy. Can you tell our audience why this is so critical today? Yeah, I think one of them is a lot easier to understand than the other, meaning marketing needs privacy. They don't really have a choice anymore since the consumer expects it. So a lot of them are still resisting it. Marketing generally doesn't want to deal with it, but especially within the next year or two, it's mandatory. You don't have a choice. You're going to have to face it. And if you face it earlier than later, you'll end up gaining your consumer's trust quicker. The other way around might not be so obvious. And why does privacy need marketing? But privacy has this problem in communication. Privacy writes a lot of letters to people. It writes privacy notices. It tries to communicate that they're doing the right thing. And they also communicate within the company. And they're just not that great at it. It's usually lawyers, so they get stuck in, in in speaking like lawyers, which is what they're trained to do, which is great, but it doesn't necessarily come across correctly to all the users and consumers. So they, it really helps them to go to the marketing team and say, can you just rewrite this? Or, you know, this is the legal bit that needs to be there, but write that so everyone can understand it. And then ultimately it'll, they'll both serve the same purpose, which is growth for the company and trust for the consumer. Uh, absolutely. Um, you know, I strongly believe that, you know, uh, the age of privacy friendly marketing is upon us, you know, and uh, companies will either embrace it or become irrelevant. Um, I'm, I'm certain that more and more people will expect companies to make their privacy practices explicit, right? So data minimization, right? When and where did you first come across the idea of data minimization? Was it uh, the GDPR Article 5 or elsewhere? Um, no, actually, it wasn't privacy at all. Um, as a measurement marketer, which is what I've done for years before this, I always had this thing I told my clients, which was do not collect data that you can't action on, which is the same idea as data minimization, nice. right? It's saying only collect what you yeah. need. So then when I got into privacy, it obviously really helped me to have that principle, which was data minimization, along with purpose limitation and storage um, limitation. So it was already ingrained in me. And ultimately, it just took it to the next level and it's become so much more important. So for me, it was a natural transition. I actually don't remember where I first came across the term. But, you know, when I heard it, it just made sense in a flash. You know, it's one of those things that I believe doesn't even need to be defined, you know, um, but but we'll define it anyway, right? Uh, if you had to explain it to a five-year-old in the simplest possible terms, how would you tell someone what is data minimization? You say we don't need to define it because it's ingrained in us, but then we all collect all the data we can. So how would I explain yeah. it to that five-year-old? Yeah. Um, I think I would just say, you know, before collecting all the toys, like you can't fill your room with a bunch of toys because then you won't know what you want to play with and who and you want to play with. <laughs> so the moment you can't make a decision because you have so many toys, you have a problem. And it's the same idea with data minimization, right? Because data minimization on its own is just saying, collect only what you need. So only keep the toys that you're going to play with. There's obviously more to it, but that's a simple version. Um, if you then also have a purpose 
as to why you want to play with the toys and, you know, what you're going to do with the toys, meaning I'm going to play Legos with so-and-so, then you've had like three yeah. principles in front, right? You've decided what data you're going to collect, what you're going to do with that data and what the reason is for that data. I, I love that analogy. I mean, that, that just, I, I never, I never thought of it that way. Uh, it's really cool. So, um, and you already said it, right. It's becoming the norm for organizations to collect all the data, you know, from all the sources and dump it all in the data warehouse, you know, at the same time, you know, it's becoming common knowledge that a big chunk of this data is never really used. Right. And besides, um, you know, organizations spending more money on storage costs, there's also like serious, um, privacy implications of collecting all the data and storing all the data. So um, can you walk us through some of those risks and uh, their potential consequences of collecting all the data and storing all the data? Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there. There are so many risks um, involved in collecting all the data. Really, the main one is not even a risk in terms of privacy. It's just one of those ideas of you can't make decisions on that data if you've got so much that you can't even understand where to start. And that affects the business, right? It affects growth because you can collect all you want when you can't make decisions on it. It's not going to help. And then from a yeah. privacy perspective, mm -hmm. there's a lot of risk. The more the data you collect, the more you're keeping within your data warehouse. If there's a breach, and it's if now, it's not when, right? If there's yeah. a breach, that's more yeah. data yeah. that yeah. you've exposed so it's more data you need to keep track of. It's more data that you need to keep accurate. It's so much that you need to do, so much work involved in that, that if there's not a real reason mm -hmm. to be keeping it, I don't see a reason to keep it. But really, to me, the main issue is this decision overwhelm. I think maybe that's the, you know, measurement marker yeah. in me speaking, but it's just you can't make a decision off of that much data. If you can, then great. Then you probably have a reason to keep it. And there are enterprise organizations that have a ton of data and they make decisions off of it. But they also, you know, smaller companies, SMBs, that's a lot harder for them to do. So there's no reason to keep it all. There's this idea of data swamp, which is very real. And uh, I can say from my experience that there's a massive disconnect between, you know, data teams that, that implement data collection efforts and non-data teams or go-to-market teams that uh, use the data in the various tools that they use every day. So going back to collecting all the data, storing all the data, I'm sure you come across such organizations in your in your consulting practice. So, you know, how, how do you get them to understand the importance of data minimization? Really, it comes down to just telling them what the, re what, what the idea behind data minimization is, right? And what's the idea is just collect data you can make a decision on, something that you have a purpose to mm -hmm. be collecting, something you have a reason to need to have. And the moment you understand that, it's actually quite easy to figure out what you should have and what you shouldn't have. Mm -hmm. Really, yeah. at that point, it's just decide first what actions and what decisions you will make or take on that data, and then you can collect it. Um, that's really all I ever tell them because that's 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 the basis of the whole idea, right? Yeah, and and it's not all doom and gloom, right? I mean, we're talking about the risks and um, and all of that, but there are serious benefits to collecting only the data that you need and only the data that you know you are going to use. So, if you had to highlight, you know, a couple of those benefits, what would those be? I think the main benefit would be clarity, right? Because you'll have clarity in what's going on in your organization. You'll have clarity in what growth channels are working, what's working, what's not working. 
with, if you if you practice the data minimization principle, then you also, other than clarity, because mm-hmm. you have less data to work with, you have also more accurate data. So, right, the moment you have accurate mm-hmm. data, less data, and you have already decided what action you're going to take on that data, it, you're doing great, right? Yeah. Like, you've got all the clarity in the world, which is what you need for growth. Sorry, I had to give you a drum roll for, for what you just said, you know, um, it just made so much sense. <laughs> Thank you. Awesome. Uh, and since you mentioned um, the data minimization principle, uh, it also states that organizations should keep the data only for as long as they need it, right? So can you touch upon that, you know, when and how should organizations de- decide to get rid of the data that they don't need? Yeah, so it really ties closely together with data minimization, right? This concept of storage limitation, meaning you can only keep the data for as long as you need to keep the data. Now, there are laws that govern how long you have to keep data, you know, sales data, transaction data. You have to keep for, I don't know, seven years because of tax purposes. So you don't have a choice. It's defined by law. But then there are other bits. Um, if you've gotten someone's email for a webinar, how long do you actually need it to serve the purpose that they gave it to you? Meaning they signed up for the webinar. Yeah. Now you've given the webinar. They didn't yeah. give you permission to market them otherwise. So you don't need it anymore. So it's time to delete yeah. it. So it's just, you have to ask that of every bit of data to understand how long you need to keep something or not. And always remember that there are other laws that also govern how long you have to keep data. I love it. I, I'm, I'm waiting for, for the day that, you know, marketers decide to, to do exactly this. You don't need these emails. Let's just get rid of these emails instead of just constantly sending them emails and, you know, like hurting your, your domain reputation, uh, increasing your spam complaints and all of that stuff. So... Um, anyway, so now uh, it's time for you to share some advice for organizations that are at different stages of their data collection journey, right? So what's your one piece of advice for growing organizations that are relatively early in their data collection journey? I think the best piece of advice I can give you is define a purpose and know what action you're going to take on a piece on a set of data. So let's say you have a great dashboard and you're seeing everything that's going on in your organization you should know exactly what you will do when you see what. Meaning sales decreased, you know exactly what you're going to do. Sales increased, you know exactly what you're going to do. But that needs to apply to every bit of data. Because if there's no action tied to your data, there's no reason for you to have that data. And therefore, there's no reason for you to collect it. So it's a good exercise to go through in the beginning to know what to even collect. Right. Um, And now moving on to organizations that are fairly large and already store a lot of customer data What's the best way for them to adopt data minimization practices? Yeah, this gets trickier, right? Because you already have this whole setup and you're collecting all this data. Most of the times it starts with a data mapping exercise of sorts. You need to first figure out what's actually going on. In most of these larger organizations, not one single person knows every piece of data you're collecting and how it's being stored and where it's being stored and when it's being deleted. So the first thing you need to do is... Just jot that all down and know exactly what's being collected, where it's being kept, how long for. And the moment you do this exercise, you'll expose so much that you'll really quickly realize what you need to get rid of, what you need to adjust, and then you can start working that into your data governance policy. Yeah, you know, you deserve another drum roll here. Right. I just you know, give you a clap for your... So, well, this is great, Shawan. Thanks for sharing your insights uh, with our audience. Um, lastly, what resources can you recommend for marketers 
looking up to you know level up and embrace privacy friendly marketing yeah so there aren't that many out there um there's my newsletter called marketing in the age of privacy there's another newsletter that just started yeah. i think he sent his first um newsletter last week by rafal at seal metrics so if you go to seal metrics you'll probably find it there um and there are a couple of other more technical marketers who are also playing in in privacy so you can follow them uh and check what they might have to say no absolutely and i actually have a couple of recommendations too so we'll put everything in in the in the show notes and stuff so um well thank you so much everyone this has been great um thanks for um being on the show and sharing your insights and you have a great day thank you for having me help beat the gap between data people and non data people for good join us on databeats.community